Good morning. How you doing? How are you? Yesterday, we got to be part of an NFL-sanctioned program through Athletes in Action. And this program featured Harborside Music twice at the beginning of the program, at the end of the program. Hall of Fame coaches, Hall of Fame players. And then even last night, I was finished all the messaging. I was scrolling through TV just to try to relax for a few minutes. And I saw it on another program even late last night. And over 220,000 people have now watched a piece of the Harborside music. 220,000 people. And this program was in all these different languages spread out all over the world. And I just thought, wow, how cool is God? And one of our pastors, Tom Goodlett, was actually on the program and got to ask a question. And we were all so impressed with his question. They called him Todd. So we're calling him Todd Goodlett. That's our new joke. And so Todd Goodlett got to ask a question to Tony Dungy, and it was awesome. It was absolutely amazing. So when you see Tom today, call him. Call him Todd, all right? So the Secret Place album that this team wrote during the pandemic, this is the second song we're going to talk about today. And what's so inspiring about this song is it was based on Revelation 3.20. This was Billy Graham's second favorite verse. His first favorite verse was John 3.16. But you would hear Billy Graham quote Revelation 3.20 at the end of every one of his messages as an invitation. So the whole church today is doing Revelation 3.20. I'm not sure that we've ever done this before. All of the kids, kids' resources, all the middle schoolers, everybody in the whole church today is doing Revelation 3.20. It's a verse we want you to memorize. It's a song that you can play, the second song called I Let You In, every night this week, and it's all written on Revelation 3.20. During this last year, I don't know what you've let in, but a lot of people have let in fear, they've let in anxiety, they've let in bitterness, they've let in jealousy. I hope you're letting Jesus in. Because here's what Revelation 3.20 says. I want to put it on the screen. It says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and what? Opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. That's our verse today. Good verse? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's Holy Scripture, so you need to say yes. Okay. <laughs> Great verse, isn't it? What is so inspiring to me, Billy Graham always used this as an invitation. And I, far be it for me to correct, you know, the greatest evangelist who ever lived, but the context is what I want you to catch. We can certainly use this for the unchurched and for those of you who haven't let Jesus in, but the context is a church. The context are believers. The context is a church that was lukewarm. The context was a church that let other things in and didn't have a clear perspective. And so I just want us to read the context right now and catch that. So Griffin, why don't you start? So I want you to catch, this was a church of um, Laodicea. They weren't hot, they weren't cold. He's gonna spit them out of their mouth. So let's just have the team read through this, this section. You start us off, Griffin. So Starting in verse 14 of Revelation 3, it says, to the angel of the church of Laodicea write, these are the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. Okay. Hans, read verse 15. Yes, for sure. It says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. Okay. Kaylin, read verse 16. 
So, because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. <laughs> All right, that's not good. Andrew, read verse 17. You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you don't realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Okay, I'm not going to leave the ladies out. Read verse 18 and 19. Okay, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline, so be earnest and repent. Here's the context. The context is a church that lost its way. The context, now I'm going to read verse 20 now for us again. Remember, here's our verse. Here I am. I stand at the door and I knock. If what? If anyone hears whose voice? My voice. I will what? Open the door, come in, eat with that person, and they with me. Let's break this verse down. Are you ready to do this? Let's break this verse down. I know you got something else on your mind at 6.30, but let's focus right now for just a couple minutes. How many Chiefs fans do we have in the room? <laughs> really? Really? You came to church this morning on buck territory? Those of you that are online, you may not understand this, but we are pretty passionate about tonight's game, and we're not going to serve those people communion. <laughs> <laughs> so he says, here what? I am. I, I, I am here. If there's anybody that you need in your life, he's saying, I'm your guy. Here I am. And what do I do? I stand. Now, most of the time in the scriptures, Jesus is seated. He is seated at the right hand of God. So he is seated when he rules but he is standing when he rescues. He wants to rescue you this morning. He wants to rescue you at home, wherever you are watching us online. Here I am, I stand at the door. He is asking permission. Why is he at the door? And by the way, the door only has a doorknob on one side. That's on the inside. If you picture this door, Jesus is on the other side of the door and there is no doorknob. Jesus can't come in. Well, he could. He can knock the door out, but he's not going to. Jesus is standing at the door asking permission. He wants to have permission to have access to your body, to your soul, and to your spirit. Here I am. I stand at a door that doesn't have a doorknob. I can't open the door. And what am I doing? I am knocking. Now think about this. We've all had people knock on our doors, right? And so somebody that's timid, what do they do? They, they, they knock once. But then there's people that are obnoxious. How do people that are obnoxious knock? Right, they just bang and bang and the door, you know, falls apart, right? So, so he's not timid. He's not obnoxious. He is the perfect gentleman knocking on the door of your heart. And he's saying to you, I want to come in. Will you let me in? And, and it's almost like, <clears throat> I, I, I'm here. So it's like he's clearing his throat, like, don't forget about this. I want to come in and spend time with you. If anyone, this conditional, it's an if. It's a third class conditional clause. It, it's an if. You have to respond. If what? If anyone. 
Now, I like that word anyone because a lot of people think that it's for other people, but it can't be for me. If anyone, what? Here's my voice. If, if anyone can do it. So he's, it's an invitation. It's an all skate. Remember that? It's an all skate. Everybody qualifies. Everybody can get in. That takes me back to middle school, man. I don't know. I just came to me. I don't know where that came from. If anyone hears my voice, and I think that's the key because there's so many competing voices for us today. There's so much news. There's so much noise. There's so much stuff going on outside. But there's also a noise on the inside. Sometimes there's noise inside of me. And I'm like, I can't hear those voices. Um, this whole team's got these really cool AirPods, you know, that you put in your ears. And so I'm not going to be left behind. So I ordered a pair about two weeks ago. Actually, you ordered a pair for me. Thank you. That's, that's my assistant, Kaylin. So Kaylin ordered a pair for me about two weeks ago. And what I love about these AirPods, you put them in your ear, you tap them once, and all the noise gets canceled. It all goes away. You can hear what you want to hear, but you can cancel out everything else. You know what Jesus is saying? If you hear my voice, I will cancel out your fears. If you hear my voice, I will cancel out your insecurities. If you hear my voice, I will cancel out the things that are keeping you. I love that song that, that they, the team led a while ago, on the inside, just on the inside. I, I will cancel out the things that keep me from you because I have so much in store for you. So here's our verse. If anyone hears my voice, here I am, I stand at the door, I knock. If anyone hears my voice, what will he do? He will open the door. I want to be really clear. No matter what you've said, no matter what you've done, Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. And Billy Graham used this as an invitation. So it is absolutely valid and true and good. If Billy Graham did it, we can do it. He's talking about if you ever want to give your life to Christ. But really, this is talking to those of us that are believers in the room. This is so much deeper than opening a door. This is about opening the multiple doors that he has in store for you. It's not like there's one door. The first door is the door of salvation. The next doors are the doors of revelation. And God has doors of revelation for your life. And so the first door gets open, but then it opens and it opens and it opens and it opens. And it's just, it's obedience. It's just plain obedience where more doors then get open and your faith then begins to grow. I, I thought about this with my dad. And I told you that my father died not this Christmas, but a year ago Christmas, about a year and a half ago. And six months before uh, he passed away at Christmas time, he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And we knew that the time was near and he had like two or three months to go. And he actually had two months, he died two months after this trip. And so the whole family flew up to Indianapolis. We all flew up to Indy, um, Erica and Jeff, Andrew and Emily, um, Ethan, Danita and I, Callie, um, wasn't Asher yet. Asher wasn't born yet. He was still cooking inside of Erica. No, Asher wasn't born yet. Asher was born in December. So Erica was, you know, eight months pregnant or whatever. So, so we're, all, we're all there. And um, dad brings the whole family together. 
It's really uncharacteristic of my dad. My dad wasn't that kind of a person that, you know, hey, I got something to say, and everybody, that, that, he was the servant, the server. That wasn't his style. He brings the whole family together. And he says to them, two months before he dies, he says to the, all the kids and, and, and everybody, grandkids, he said, I don't want you to worry about me. He said, I, I'm good. I know where I'm going. I've given my life to Christ. And then he said, he said, I've been baptized. <laughs> and I thought, that was an interesting way of putting that. But anyway, I know where I'm going. I've been baptized. And he said, I, don't worry about me. And so I'm in the back of the room with Callie, our one-year-old granddaughter at the time, and I am trying to entertain her. And now Erica and Ethan and Emily, my, our three kids, are front and center right by dad. And they're pulling things out of him. And so I think it was Ethan said, dad, tell us about how you gave your life to Christ. And then Erica's asking more questions. And, and all of a sudden, he starts telling the story where he checked a box at church. I never heard that story before. I never heard. I'm 14 years old. I come home and my, my mom and my dad, they started visiting a couple of churches. They'd gone to a Campus Crusade for Christ Bible study. And like five or six times we visited this church. I come home from playing basketball. I'm 14 years old and the preacher's in the living room. And I, I'm sweating from playing basketball because when you're 14, nothing else is more important than basketball. And so I, I'm playing hoops. I, I, well, you like hoops too, but, but are you 14? I'm with you. I'm with you. So, so um, the preacher then, you know, starts talking about hell. And I thought, this is going to be great. Dad's going to tell him to go straight to hell, you know. And, and I sat down because I don't want to miss this. I, 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 a good fight. I'm always up for a good scrap, you know. And this will be fun to watch. Dad didn't do that. He got real humble and, and confessed Christ in our living room. And the preacher turns to me. It's a Tuesday. He turns to me. And I said, I'm not ready for that, you know. It's a great story, you know. Your, your pastor has great faith, okay? I, I said no. Not me the first time, pastor. And, and so all week long, that, you know, worked on my heart. And Sunday morning, the invitation time, dad gets up. He walks the aisle. I follow him. Dad was 40. I'm 14. We got baptized together. This is an incredible moment. Incredible moment for the two of us. I never knew until Eric or Ethan were asking the question, Grandpa, why was the preacher in the house? I never asked the question. I'm 14 years old, and Dad had checked a box. And the box and this little tear-off on the bulletin was, if you would like for a pastor to come to the house and explain Christianity, put, fill it out. My dad filled it out. That one decision, that one decision has changed the trajectory of our entire family. That one decision to open a door I can't see how far, how wide, how deep that one decision from a man made at age 40 changed my life. Those of you that have heard the gospel and responded to Christ or been baptized and honeymoon on through, through us, that one decision impacted you. You don't know what your decisions will be. You have no idea what one decision of obedience, what one decision of righteousness. You can't see how far the trajectory of a good, godly, obedient decision will make. Nobody can see that. And so Jesus is saying, look, open the door. Trust me. 
I got you. I'm good at this. I will not let you down. I will not fail you. I will never disappoint you. Can you imagine if the rest of your life you make those decisions when he's knocking on the door of your heart? You just say yes. You just say yes. You just say yes. You just continue to say yes all the days of your life. You know, I, I, I thought about this, and this is a dangerous analogy, but I thought about how the bucks knocked on the door of Tom Brady. I am not comparing Tom Brady to Jesus Christ. <laughs> I want to be clear about that, all right? Let's, let's be clear, all right? I'm not doing that. But they knocked, and they weren't a great playoff team, the right player came onto the organization and changed everything. Changed everything. And we get to be in the Super Bowl tonight. What a year for Tampa sports. Again, if you're online, we've had the lightning, we've had the rays, and now we got the bucks. And I'm trying to stay humble, okay? It's been an amazing year for sports, and none of us could go to the games. That's the, that's the craziest part about this whole story. We can't even go. So that's the Lord keeping us humble, that's for sure, all right? But I, I want to encourage you to open the door. Well, I know you're trying to figure out who this gentleman is over here behind Andrew and beside Kaylin, and um, this gentleman and I will become family on February the 27th. His daughter and my son are wedding on February 27th of this year. And so this is Guillermo and Guillermo Aguayo and his wife Milagros is right here on the fourth or fifth row and their children are here, but pause and Ethan and her name is Paz, P-A-Z, means peace in Spanish. And she has really been a breath of fresh air and a breath of peace to our family and to Ethan. So we've had several dinners. We've been, they're here for about a month and we've had like four or five dinners so far together. And I love their story. And I love his story and how it starts. Guillermo, tell us how Jesus knocked on the door of your heart and tell us what you did, because it's a good story. Amen. Um, well, thank you. Thank you, Kurt. And um, good morning, church family. In 1978, um, I was 17 uh, at that moment. And I couldn't go to classes at college because there was a turmoil in Peru. There were big strikes. And uh, so I stayed home. Nobody was at home, 10 a.m., turned on the TV. There was no iPads or computers or any of that. And uh, 700 Club appears. First time I, uh, I see that show, and uh, the gospel was introduced to me. First time in my life I've heard the gospel. And um, I hear the voice. I uh, in, open my heart, open the door of my heart, and invite Jesus to come in, just like the verse says. 
and uh, kneel down in front of the TV. Never heard in my life the gospel. But I just felt that I was supposed to do something more uh, honorable since I was going to receive the Lord and the Savior in my heart. And he, since he was going to save my life. And um, at that moment, I didn't know that uh, I was also letting in my life the Lord of the doors, of the doors of opportunities, just like, like, like you said. And, and God will, uh, through my life, through those almost 45 years being a Christian, he has offered me doors of opportunities to change my life, to change my, my uh, future generation's life. And um, obedience and, um, and um, a willingness to surrender all to God has allowed me to, to have the key to open those doors that the Lord of Doors of Opportunity was offering to me. And in that way, I was able to... Uh, uh, by God's grace and his doors of opportunities to uh, come to America to finish an engineering career, go back to Peru, uh, meet my beautiful wife, uh, and later on uh, come back to America for Bible school and, uh, and uh, uh, with offerings of, of doors that were offering of, uh, from God. And uh, even though that path is very narrow of the doors of opportunities. If you're willing to, God will do a great, great things. And uh, then we came back to Peru and we, we had the chance of uh, open that door opportunity of being an executive pastor for 12 years in a, in a mega church. And, and 15 years ago, we are pastoring, uh, uh, we are pioneering a church now called La Casa del Padre, uh, the Father's House. And uh, through that also, God opened another door of opportunities to, uh, to start a uh, movement across, especially Latin America, and save the family. And uh, we've been traveling uh, Central and South America um, quite a bit, many, many times, sometimes also here in North America, Europe, uh, uh, countries like Spain, France, Italy, or Bulgaria and even Turkey, we've done Save the Family uh, through a, just a willingness to open the first door. Mm. And, uh, and also the willingness to be always uh, uh, attentive to hear God, the next door that he wants to offer to us. I, I love their story and I'm getting to know the story. Yeah, thank you. It's awesome. Thank you. But he's a first-generation pastor, and I'm a first-generation pastor. We have a lot in common. But um, can I say this? You had to be especially obedient when your family wasn't exactly understanding what, what you were doing. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, yeah. I, I, they thought I was totally crazy. My mom and my dad, <laughs> they're both medical doctors. They, they're scientists, so God wasn't that really in the picture. And then suddenly his son that is studying engineering, now he wants to become, be a pastor. He said, like, what? Just finish your career and do whatever you want. All right. I finished the engineering career, and then I did what the Lord of the Doors wanted me to do. Yeah. 
So you, so you finished your civil engineering degree. God opened another door for you to come back to the States to, to a Bible college and learn the scriptures, right? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, um, Peru has been, uh, the last 25 years have been really great for the economy and political uh, stab, uh, stability of Peru. But before that, it was really bad. So when I, uh, I uh, we, we were with my wife and our three kids trying to go back to Peru because God was calling us. My parents, which were not Christian, they said, hey, you're crazy, man. Don't come back. There is no future in Peru. But yes, there is a future in Peru with God, <laughs> with the Lord of, yeah, of the Lord. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that story. I love that. So what's the verse all about? Here I am. I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and what? Opens the door, I will come in. That's the sweet spot. The best part of your life is having Jesus Christ on the inside of you. And what will he do then? He says he will eat with that person and they with me. And that's just an incredible symbol of fellowship. When you open up the door and you have somebody in your home and you eat with them, that's a sign of incredible intimacy and fellowship. Well, you have three choices, my friends. You have three. You have the choice to listen to the voice of God. You have the choice then to open the door and the choice to invite him in. 